you've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we are talking about a Kyle pick, which is Curtains from 1983. Fun fact about the movie Curtains. So Synapse put this bad boy on Blu-ray, but I guess Peacock just has the VHS PS rip to put on their streaming service. (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs) <laughs> this was oh no i can't even tell you how i felt about the movie because the whole time i'm like this is the grainiest shit i've ever watched on an HDTV through a streaming site well so that is actually like semi the reason i not sem- not like it's it's not the reason it's actually very low on the list of reasons but one of them is that because i upgraded from the vhsps to the synapse and i haven't watched it yet uh but i remember um i mean the reason the pure reason I picked it was because, as we've talked about many a time, uh, or have had the VHS cover discussion before, Yeah, Curtains is actually truly the one for me, but I never <laughs> remember when we have that conversation. Yeah, um, You remember you know, when I, you were 15 minutes into this movie but, and you're like, but, shit, yeah. this movie's terrible? But no, here's the thing. Here's the thing I will say. In defense of the Curtains VHS cover... I feel like it captures a lot more of what's actually in the movie than some of the other box art that I've looked at. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Funhouse doesn't have a jack-in-the-box wielding an axe anywhere right. in that movie. At right. least this has a doll and a hag face. 
that are both present on the uh, on the box art. Which honestly didn't realize that that was actually truly what was happening until I watched it this time. Like I still like <laughs> I was like, huh? There's no like real doll situation. Like I knew that there was a doll, but I didn't get the old lady thing. Again, that graininess on the VHS rip is so atrocious. It's so dark. It's so bad. Synapse it, did a good was job. Was it 2014 when Synapse put out their their yeah. restore? It was, yeah. It was still early because I still think it's not like it's not a. I don't think it's a 4K transfer or anything. It's just an it's HD, HD transfer, but it's that's still. That's funny because yeah. I know for a fact that I have never seen the VHS PS cover or version of this. I have watched this movie four times now. Have you really? Three of them are for the show. No. Because there were two times in the past when I'm like, do I pick this? For February, because of the ice skating scene, obviously. Right. Um, and I was like, no, this movie's fucking boring. And then I was like, oh, Kyle picked it. Hmm. Well, he's got something to answer for now. <laughs> well, I I don't know. There's a lot that I'll say about this movie. Boring, boring is not dude. one of those things, though. How? I feel like this movie. I feel like this movie is so, is so insane. I was so con- This movie. Uh, here's is my defense. You hate Canadians. You hate Canadians. This was my very first That's watch. I've never Canadians. seen curtains before. Oh, how is it that I have seen this movie more than both of you combined? I'm. A, this is my. This is my third. So okay. So I've seen it as still, many times. I mean, as but the still, two of you I'm combined. surprised that you said four. Four was not the number. <laughs> That's I was not the number I want in my life. <laughs> you know, See, and I feel like I will definitely watch this movie four. more than than this time. I was like, this was fun enough. Like, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because the story that I heard. The story that I heard was like they had this huge success with Prom Night. Yep. And then Terror Train didn't do well. And they're like, we need another hit like Prom Night, but we'll make a slasher film for adults. I feel like this has way more in common with Terror Train than it does Prom Night. (laughs) But I also want to point out that I think Prom Night is more boring than both of those movies. (laughs) Like Prom Night is slow as shit. Yeah, Prom Night's (laughs) slow and I can't. Real, I, when I say I don't know, I'm not arguing with you. I truly don't know because I saw Prom Night all of one time. Yeah. And I saw it when I was fucking 14 years old and I never went back to it. Yeah. And then I've seen Terror Train all of one fucking time. And <laughs> I think that I was watching it thinking that we would do it for the show. Man, those movies are fucking boring. And that's <coughs> it's so, so funny because the worst thing that a horror movie can do is bore you and like this movie just i i can't i don't understand how you guys are like ambivalent about this movie because i actively dislike this film. oh my god and i, I don't so, know why i've seen it four fucking times it's, i don't know it's either horror movie night's responsibility <laughs> as an entity outside of me to make it better like why have i done this to myself yeah i, I don't want to so- take responsibility <laughs> Well, Everyone else needs to take responsibility. Kyle picked it, but I, I mean, I'll, t- I'll take full responsibility. Yeah. I think I like. I don't think it's great. <laughs> I, right? I'm but not. But that's what I'm like, saying. Is I'm you're not like gonna... ambivalent about it. No, 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 no. I still have a. I have a. I have a, a positive scale that breaks down a few things. I have like batshit insane. <laughs> I have excellent. No, I. I would say I have batshit insane. Which also coincides with, like, Masterpiece. Like, they're two separate things, but I would say that they're on the same level of the positive scale. Yeah. And then I have great... Kyle's five stars fall into two buckets. And <laughs> yes. it's an absolutely right. made movie or it's an insane buckets, movie. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know I'm still great. Like, somewhere the, the trash and the regular movie scale still 
like they kind of cross again and i think that's where great and good exist because so like i think i i think it's a good movie i think it's an interesting movie i think it was fun to watch even for this third time for me like i i got to watch it and like not forget the middle part <laughs> yeah like after the ice skating scene like the ice skating i mean the scene ice skating is, scene is the the top of the is, mountain that's really of the this, point of the this movie. um right you know if, if we talk about movies that are clip shows this movie only has that going for it. The rest is melodrama. So, see, I don't... It's true. See, you're seeing melodrama, but I don't... I don't know. A melodrama does not have a scene like that fucking scene with the agent in the office where he's just, like... Oh, that guy's funny. out of his mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm just I have like, funny lines yeah. from the first 15 <laughs> to 20 of this, but, mm-hmm. like, not after that. I really... It's, I, I got to I I didn't this isn't the um the least notes I've ever taken but it's not a whole lot of notes um yeah. and my last actual note is the skating kill is all this movie has going for it yeah yeah he he was definitely a highlight but he um he has a line that I love and he goes relax lady the man has strange ways but he gets things done and yeah. uh and then the woman's like his his client you know she's like God I look like shit and I'm just looking at her I'm like that perm isn't doing any any help for you, no. you know. Like it's bad. The, the hair no. in this is so bad. Even the cutest oh. girl, the ice skater, her hair is atrocious. Right, and then well, especially when you get them all at that table, that dinner table scene, you're just like, my god. But the thing is, is <laughs> the, so there's one thing I do have to give them credit for in the casting beyond yeah. Red being a complete asshole. Uh, uh, John Vernon is that his name? Yeah, John yeah. Vernon. Um, I do like the fact that. They, so okay, for the Wizard Behind the Curtain of this movie. Um, long story short, it was production hell. It took three years to make this movie. Um, it was being shot in 1980, and then it was shelved because they did the first 45 minutes. The there were so many reshoots, rewrites that the original writer director, writer director or just director, doesn't matter. Um, right, yeah, writer director quit and said, take my name off of it. And then, um, so it got shelved for a while, and then they basically did more reshoots, rewrites over the next two, two and a half years, and just shat it out on a quick American release in March of 1983, and then it took another year for it to hit Canadian cinema. But all of that said, I wonder what the original product would have looked like if it would have been the original director's vision, because the casting was actually quite interesting where it was supposed to be a slasher whodunit. You know, like it was supposed to be because all the women have dark hair and blue eyes. So that when whoever the killer is is wearing the mask, you don't know who it is because you see those close-ups of the eyes. That's something that I noticed in this watch of it because I was like, I have to find something positive to say about this beyond the ice skating. That's good. And and I really do think that there is some good that could have come of this movie if it hadn't have been an absolute nightmare to create. Well, so much so, this is my favorite fact, because I've never seen this before. So much so that, like, the credits even scroll as Act 1 and Act 2 Yeah, to break out the two different crews that shot this movie. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like it's, it, which, I mean, it, it, it is fitting with like this being about theater and filmmaking and stuff like that that you do right it. like but well that's the thing i feel like you're talking about development hell right or production yeah. hell rather the end product I, I which i hear you about it that you feel that is boring and but I, it could be honestly, way worse it's yeah. but it's 
But as far as like, it, I mean, the whodunit aspect of it kind of works. Like all of those, the act one, act two credit thing kind of works. It There's like some doesn't. decent slasher stuff. The, the oh. reason why it doesn't work, and this was okay. what they, what the critics criticized in mm-hmm. 83 when it came out was one of them said something to the effect of don't even bother trying to figure out who it is because it doesn't matter. Because it is the quickest twist. Exactly. That's why they're like, if you can't even I rewound it, it because it, it, you know, I actually, I really do like that final scene um, because Samantha is like the older actor who's mm-hmm. like, um, Oh, I killed Brooklyn, Brooklyn Striker. And Striker. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Striker. I killed them. And it doesn't even matter. Call the police. And yeah, Patty's like, well, I killed everybody else. else. So she, like. I like. There is one really good scene where a really good shot where you see her face fall because she's like, I killed everybody else for no fucking reason because now I'll never get to be Audra because yeah. you killed the fucking director. Um, yeah. And and then that's why she kills Samantha. And so I mean, there there are cool moments. They are so very far few in between. And they're short. They are short moments. Yeah. I will give you that. Like they are. This is definitely not as bad minuscule. as the worst shit we've watched this year, which is Howling Six, Newman Rising. Seven, seven, seven. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. See, <laughs> well, which has a lot of six. Yeah, but uh, enough of six to consider it maybe. Six. <laughs> the ending of this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Was changed just a little bit, but I actually wish they'd kept the, the, the alternate version. Oh, the I alternate version, because yeah. So it ended the movie that we've all watched. It ends with Patty doing her stand-up routine in the sane asylum, but yeah. the original ending was her doing the stand-up routine in front of a room filled with all the corpses laid out in oh, chairs, yeah. which just like. I, that I don't would have done it for me, man. Dude, that would have been. It's like we've all we all talk about how much we love. Uh, tourist trap like I don't know what it is with me but you give me any movie that ends with a person who's clearly lost their grip on sanity driving yeah. around with the corpses of their friends or whatever I'm just like mm-hmm. hell yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. dude well you, also you know what other movie has something like this that would be great Texas Chainsaw Next Generation oh where see, you walk I had in one and all the too, corpses are in the yeah. and I was thinking happy birthday to me yeah oh, which, which was and I which we have never on done birthday. on this show we was that horror or Reddit Horror Club? That was a Reddit Horror Club. Oh episode. fuck, guys! Okay. okay, next time my pick never falls on my birthday, doing it. Okay, next yeah. time whoever's pick falls on a birthday, we'll do happy falls birthday on a, on a birthday. Yeah. This Blu-ray has a like a short documentary of, uh, that has behind the scenes for Happy Birthday to Me stuff. I'm sorry, no, on curtain. For oh, curtains. I was looking to see if 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 on the Blu-ray. There was anything about an alternate version? I think it was changed before they filmed it. Yeah, okay. like it. All right, but I because uh, they were probably any just chance like, I get to see corpses in a theater or something. Dude, I love it. I love it so much. And apparently, this is. I thought this was kind of cool that the actress who played Patty actually wrote her own stand-up jokes it's and terrible, performed them in but, an actual you know? comedy club. Like, but I'm like, I I appreciate that at least a little bit. I do think that they're. Look, I'm not saying this movie's done well. I'm just saying that there's movies that are done worse. <laughs> yeah. No, this is very this is very like middle of the spectrum, it's, I think. For this is both no of mutilator. Us, whether it's you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not walking away from this like good. mutilator where I'm like, oh, mutilator, how you don't even this know her. My life. I don't you don't even know her, Matt. Stop talking about her that way. That stand up kind of um bookend of this film made me it actually made me 
feel quite comfortable in some life decisions because I'm pretty sure that when I was one year old when this came out, I would have still fucking hated stand-up. So it's not just recent stand-up. I have always <laughs> yeah. hated stand-up. Yeah. It's stand-up from the jump. Yeah. yeah. And so, oh, Lynn, um, the woman who played Patty, Lynn, uh, I've lost Yeah, she it. was in uh, Black, Black Christmas as well, the yes. original Black yeah, Christmas. She yeah, she is giving straight Maggie Gyllenhaal vibes. Yes. Yeah. One hundred percent. One. Yeah. Actually, a thousand percent. Yeah. And you know what? I always also forget Samantha Egger, who was from The Brood, yes. is not Meg Foster from or, Hellraiser. Um, oh, American Werewolf. Oh, uh, um, oh, yeah. Well, actually, I don't know if Meg. Now I'm see no because there's another one who looks exactly fucking like. That's the both point of, of the casting. That's why they all look I, the similar. Eye, it's great. the eyes are. When I was watching her, I was like piercing. Is it? Is she? I was like, is she Julia? From Hellraiser? I was like, yeah. no, no, she's no, not she, Julia. I knew she was She reads that. She could But be. Julia, well, another mother role from The Brood, another which, mother? I, which we, we we did talk about. We have never the done The Brood. We have done well, very the little Honestly, the Brood's too, on this show. The Brood, well, cause The Brood's too good. Scanners is too slow. But I might put Scanners 2 on. on well, Scanners 2 is also on my list, so you can have it. Please, if you if you pick that instead of another curtains, I am you, here for it. <laughs> I just want to. I don't. I'm not drinking a Molson Ice, um, but I am drinking a flannel Friday from Harpoon. Just it just felt warm, and it's a little new, more New England than Canada. But it's, damn, it I wish that I had a this. flannel mouth from Blake's Hard Cider to go along. <laughs> oh, with we it. could be flannel together. Yes. Well, and the then Matt, thing, you just have to wear one. Yeah. I'll just drink a water and wear a flannel. <laughs> yeah. um, so well, Matt, real quick though, um, that the the thing is is that. This movie is super Canadian because we all enjoy the simple things in life, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, some Mr. Bubble, some bath wine, and then some Peeping Tom fully decked out in acid-washed jean. And then they have a little bit of that CNC, consensual, non-consensual sex, which I know that we're not supposed to kink shame on this show, but I just want to come out and say that CNC is a really fucked up kink and I hate it so much. Yeah, that, no, it's it's it, a weird it, call. <laughs> Car- Carly like semi enjoyed this movie, but as soon as that came up, she was like, "I don't fucking know about that." <laughs> and I was like, "I That's agree." The first fifteen minutes, because not only not only do I agree, I also feel like in twenty twenty two, I have faith that there are healthier relationships that, if they do include that, are not this particular one from 1983. I hate yeah. to break it to you, <laughs> um, because but you have not been part- on TikTok enough because I only know that it's called CNC mm-hmm. now because of yeah. fucking TikTok. I, I had to look it up on oh, like, Urban not Dictionary. Your Music TikTok Factory? recommendations are dramatically different than mine. No, mine are all dogs <laughs> and then weird kinks, and I don't know what it's hearing me say out loud, but... Dogs and kinks. It has to be tied to horror movie night recordings because like mine are just like... Here's some random stand-up comedians, and here's some music videos from the 2000s, and I'm like, perfect. This is I'll exactly what I come CNC here for. I'll take the CNC over the stand-up. That's all I'm saying, guys. Uh, when? Bro, I, anyway, I, when you keep when you keep saying CNC, I keep thinking music CNC factory. music factory, and I cannot stop. Everybody and it makes me now. Everybody <laughs> kink now. <laughs> I want to get legitimately serious in defense of curtains. Okay. And this is not saying that curtains is a good movie at all, but okay. I do think that in 1983 it there it is saying 
a pretty interesting thing about being a woman actress or just a woman in the entertainment field throughout this movie because we're watching one woman who has been basically forced out of roles because she is too old now to yeah. play those roles. You've got the the director who's basically treating the auditioning thing as his own personal Casting hookup couch. line. Yep. And you've got the comedian who's desperately trying to prove that she's more than a comedian, but struggling to be taken seriously in any like legitimate roles. And I'm like, that's shit that's still happening in 2022. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is, it's kind of the same thing with like, you know, it was a bad, it was a bad defense for Brian when he tried to talk about it in scream three. And I'm not saying it's a good defense on, on <laughs> curtains, but if we're going to give any positivity to anything, the fact that even in 1983, they were making a film that, Definitely isn't saying that this is, and they're not. I mean, even the agent, you know, as much as the agent's funny, the agent really does represent this concept that he treats her like a lower life form client of his. Like he's cracking jokes about her and like not taking her career at all seriously. And I can't help but think, and man, I'm feeling those one star reviews about to roll in. But if he was talking to an actor, one of his male clients, he wouldn't have been throwing so much bullshit and joking around at it. Well, that's why the the actual lead actor counterpart is a piece of trash. Yeah, and not paid attention to at all. Like he's like he's the, like he's the counterpart to that whole thing, where he's not clearly even given a shit about, it, even though he's drinking and really kind of like fucking I don't what I, he's got a bad energy yeah <laughs> period yeah he's I'm, got not bad say, energy, I'm not saying that this period. is a good movie I'm not going to argue this is a good movie but I do think that this movie that's, actually does carry some substance to it despite the shittiness that's the problem Matt that's what's so frustrating about this fucking movie and why I actively dislike it is right. that it has a, a I don't want to say a good message but it's got an, an important message in 1980 as well as my entire life later, which yeah. is depressing. Um, but I I feel like the message is watered the fuck down. And yeah. I also think that the the pacing is absolutely god awful. And oh, the- at the end of the day, it's so hard to like and recommend a movie that is hard to watch. No, yeah. this is yeah. – here's what I will say about this movie to explain how bad the pacing is. I'm not sure if either one of you tried to read the Wikipedia page while watching the movie, but <laughs> but the Wikipedia puts the events of the movie in a more logical placement than it actually is in the movie. Like that's not the like, first or last time that's happened or will. No, I, I feel like, like that happens it, more often. Than like it happened. literally feels like be through the the production hell and and editing insanity or whatever that this movie is like almost out of order in the way that it is like being yeah. presented to you. And like someone on Wikipedia was like, all right, let me lay this out in in like a chronological order. So this is more easy to follow for everybody. (laughs) Um, But I will say, like we talked about the pawn scene. I also really like the hag mask. I think it's a it's a good mask. Like I wish that like have we ever seen that that at a con? Have we ever seen anybody do it? Okay, you know what? I got to find that fucking mask and do it because I have the stature to be a woman. Yeah, you know, hag mask with a sickle. yeah. <laughs> I love you. You do. You should absolutely <laughs> I have cosplay very, as... I have very sensual hips, guys. Yeah. And that's what attracted me to you in the first <laughs> yeah. place. And much like uh, Kesha, his hips do not That's what made me say lie. yes to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. 
Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Well, Kyle, I feel like we've I feel like we've said all that we can about curtains. In fact, I think it's curtains for this discussion. So, <laughs> yeah. No, so, double feature, buddy. What what would you be watching with this? Yeah, look, again, on the scale of movies, I think this is on the positive good scale, which means that I have to pair it with something far worse, uh, which means that I'm going to go with a movie called Don't Look in the Basement. And Don't Look in the Basement is about a nurse who shows up at a very clearly politically incorrect home for people with uh, mental and uh, emotional disabilities, which is a, I'm not even saying that correctly, but so forgive me, but they're, they're going to a a, a nut house as they would probably say. (laughs) Right. And one decade earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And very much sort of in the, in the vein of like, um, uh, you know, Asylum, which would be an anthology movie that came out later. We're not quite sure who's. We get to a point where, like, we're not sure who's crazy and who's not. We do because it's a bad movie. We get the. We get it. But there's just a lot of like everybody's in this house and everybody's sort of like playing a character. Um, that is that is fun for me, and um, and it would be to me it would be a good pairing. Yeah. Also, I just. Scott, I want to hear your double feature, but I also want to throw out something that we didn't really mention. This movie is also really tame on its violence, all things yeah. considered. You don't I see think that anything it was, in this. It was, there were other scenes that got left on the cutting room floor, like the guy that was supposed to play the male um, lead in Audra was originally going to be murdered on a jet, on a, on a snow ski and get 
or set on fire or something like that and get like launched through the cottage window at one of the characters but instead they just have they show him face down in the the hot tub um yeah. there was a lot of stuff like that where i think that they were really trying because to the serve wikipedia masters yeah the wikipedia describes the ice like the pond kill is like and then she's violently decapitated and i was like all right yeah, let's you pay don't attention see to this and then i didn't see anything i was like all right well whatever uh all right i Scott, just love double feature. the uh, i really love <laughs> the concept of that scene and yes. and it's just it's great you know like and it it makes sense where the person who just got stabbed in the fucking arm is bleeding out and they're like losing it and they're like trying to hide and then they just get you know killed so i mean i really i really like that scene and i think it's that a great scene the that fact scene... that that scene and how cool the hag mask looks in that scene like the the, the horror the 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 villain Design is like way better than this movie has any right to have. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for like sure. it, yeah. it really does. But um, well, when you said that thing about the clip show, it really clicked. I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like this is that scene's it. But there's maybe, not enough. Maybe in the it car with it. the doll. But like, well, it's not, I like, like a kill that scene, scene too. Just... And I know that Matt liked that scene because anything with creepy dolls, Matt's all about. Yeah, yeah, especially I, little I mannequins it. more than dolls. But yes, any yes, any yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah, Mark but King I also don't understand why they at like I think that that's something from the original screenplay that we'll never understand why that was like an important part of no the thing. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, of things plot, that didn't but, make sense. But. Like, and how did that? How did that make it? Like, why did? So how did Patty know the first blonde girl, who's the only one? Who doesn't have brown hair, by the way? Um, I mean, I guess that um, Samantha's got red hair, but she still has blue eyes, so or blue or bluish green. So I mean, it still. Counts, well, maybe but, she caught that and was like, "Well, I got to get rid of this girl because everyone's going to know it's not her right away." <laughs> right. Well, she was still had blue eyes. eyes. She, she said, "She said all the people, <laughs> all the people in the movie theater will know." Yeah. <laughs> so yep. Can't can't let that that cat out of the bag. Anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know why she would have taken that doll. So that girl had a nightmare with the doll in it wakes up and then gets stabbed to death in her apartment in New York or wherever. And then Patty takes that with her. Yeah, somehow like, it was almost as if Patty knew that she, it was part of the nightmare. It's very odd. Yeah, so very odd. I mean, it's no, not that big of a deal, trend. but it's just, it's, it's frustrating for me. So anyway, my double feature is going to be the same concept done slightly better, but not much better, stage fright. Uh, Much better yep, soundtrack. That was, um, that was my choice. Not the meatloaf. Wait, the meat. Not, no, not no, no, the no, stage the original. 2017 or whatever. Not yeah. the remake, but the original 80s. I think it's 88, have, 89. Have we watched out, that? We have never watched done that, that. It's worth an episode of Horror Movie Night. Yeah. Especially, we're uh, we're all... Scott, did you do theater? Did I? Uh, yeah. yeah I'm you, a, I was a, you, I was a, a theater nerd. Okay. I actually was... So Matt was tech crew. I was... I did. I did more of the acting and less of the of the musical. Like I wanted to be yeah. in musicals, but I would only ever get like a solo instead of a, a lead part. And the, right. so I would do my solo, and then I would do. I'd just be in the chorus for the rest. But I never. Yeah. One of my bigger parts was we did Harvey, and I was okay. the doctor. Okay. Right. In Harvey. Um, right on. And so that was probably my biggest part in in high school um but i yeah. never got a big part in any of the musicals and we never did like cool musicals like the biggest musical scene that i ever did was the um 
the beautiful girls song from like good news or whatever i mean sure. yeah whatever. i was gonna say we i remember we compared musicals at one time and my and my school definitely had some more interesting ones because we well did. i mean we I had only, interesting musicals but just not when i was in high school yeah like, that's what i mean Dory... shop when i was in junior high or some shit and it's yeah. not like they're gonna do it four years later when i'm in high school yeah well that's right. why i refused right. to do that's why i refused to do stage crew my senior year was because they were doing grease again after just like three or four years of the previous yeah, production you, you i'm like you, you don't need can't to. you gotta find some more obscure shit i only 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 acted in one carly was theater through and through i only only ever acted in one it was the musical my senior year it was the wedding singer which was a fucking blast that sounds like so they made fun. a they made a musical out of the yeah. wedding singer it's, i'm pretty sure honestly, the dude from fountains of wayne wrote the music for it so, oh singer. yeah okay so i'm gonna take back my cringing face that might actually be good <laughs> So, yes, uh, and then Stephen Lynch, who technically, I mean, he's technically he came from a comedy background, but he does, like, music comedy. Like, he does songs and stuff, which oh, really that guy, yeah. Well mm-hmm. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of, it's, it's a fun musical. I mean, we had to make it a, a high school version of yeah. it, but that was my, my taste of uh, high school theater after I finally got over being a Satanist uh, <laughs> to be able to re, reinstate myself in society. What? Um, and was just in time to graduate. All right, so my double feature, I'll keep it short and simple. I had fright, uh, stage fright written down uh, similarly to Scott, but I will, no, I had a plan B. That's why I let you go first anyway. I will go with a much better movie uh, that also tackles a lot of the struggles of the art world, uh, Phantom of the Paradise. Ooh, um, <laughs> great choice. Yeah. Nice. All right. Nice. Kyle, what have you watched, read, listened to, et cetera, that you want to tell people to go check out? Yeah, I mean it's well, it's not anything to go for anybody to go check out. Yeah, I just I just want to give a shout out. I um we screened The Woodsman at a festival called Shaunashe Film Festival in Worcester, Massachusetts, and we were part of the closing night block, which had a mix of of hor- were you there for the it? Program. What you were there for that day? Yeah, Worcester. Yeah, I was absolutely. Yeah, I was able to go, which was uh, which was fun to be able to just see it again mm-hmm. with a crowd and skip shade the programmer over there so quick quick thing shauna shay film festival is a non there's a shauna foundation it's a non-profit that honors uh skip shay a filmmaker and the programmer of shauna shay film festival it honors his daughter who was um who he had lost in a in a tragic accident in 99 uh and she i believe i want to say she was in high school at that point and but she was a very sort of like independent artistic spirit that um they wanted to honor and build scholarships upon and really focus uh their energies now on women in film and experimental film and fringe cinema and stuff like that and this is their 10th anniversary this year and skip has been a champion of um not only my film and Bill, my filmmaking partner, our films, but filmmakers and creatives in New England and beyond. There's there's a lot of stuff that will eventually screen there that has that were that has screened there that will come out, like uh, a feature called Chicken House that was also at Chattanooga. Basically, I just want to say that I saw Lynn Lowry speak and accept a Lifetime Achievement Award, and seeing her uh, and she's from uh, Shivers, uh, primarily for me is where I remember her from Shivers. She was also in. George Romero's The Crazies or Season of the Witch. Um, she's very like, oh, and she was also in I Drink Your Blood. If you see her, you, you would recognize you know exactly her. She has this very that, distinct yeah. face. But she was there to accept a Lifetime Achievement Award, and she was fucking hysterical. So there's this sort of like 
classic Hollywood or like classic artist motif that she started to like present that I was like, oh my God, this woman's going to go on forever about shit that does not matter, right? Like there's there's this cliche about old time actors talking about the good old days and she was not that. She is still a spitfire and she goes out and she acts in independent stuff for independent filmmakers. She's uh, so fucking fun. Look, I was in a shorts block. I don't know when these shorts that this in the shorts block were going to be out, but just go and to your local film festival even if it was just for a shorts block or for a feature for an, get an individual ticket if you don't want to do the full badge just go see what's in your area like just go see it it's the fucking best yeah. oh that remind actually while you're talking about film festivals i do want to just throw this out there because i just saw this information um so this is coming out in mid-november but just about two or three weeks ago a movie that i saw four years ago at fantastic fest oh and thought God. would thought would never see the light of day is now on hulu um, it's a movie called Worm, spelled W-Y-R-M. <gasps> oh, is, dude! I've yeah, wanted to watch that for four years. Yeah, it is. It is not a horror movie. Um, Fantastic Fest is, you know, a genre. Uh, yeah. I guess is the way to. But the concept of Worm takes it's it's almost like like a Napoleon Dynamite mixed with like a post-apocalypse, or not mm. even that, just like a weird like alternate futuristic thing so it feels like it's in the 80s in all of its like clothing and its style it's got that very monotone um sense of humor that napoleon dynamite had but it takes place in this world where everything is exactly the same as our world except that everyone has a collar around their neck that does not come off until they have their first kiss and it's about the last kid in his grade to still have the collar around his neck trying to get his first kiss to get the collar off um, and it's just a really unique way to do a coming of age story. And I did get to interview the director. You can find it in the back uh, catalog of the podcast. If you're on the Facebook group, I'll be sure to have, I will have posted that interview after it uh, finally appears on Hulu. But, uh, you know, it's clearly from a very personal story of like him talking about struggling to get his first kiss and being like, and all I could think about was how much worse it would be if everybody knew, like if there was like a, a branding on me to show that I was the only person that was like not finding love. Uh, So it's a very good movie, but uh, that is not my, what did I watch this week actually? But I, what I will promote uh, because I am really, really enjoying this and I'm hope I'm imagining the season will be done by the time this episode comes out, but I don't know how many episodes they were planning to produce of this. The Beavis and Butthead revival on, uh, Paramount Plus is some of the funniest Beavis and Butthead content that has ever come out. It is, I don't know why watching them watch music videos like WAP are so entertaining to me, but like, and they're good, and they take it in the, like Mike Judge is just a genius. Like the, like whatever you imagine Beavis and Butthead watching WAP to be, he takes mm-hmm. it in such a different direction because the video the video starts playing and they just start talking about how the video feels like a Zillow house demo <laughs> and then just start doing a role play of like 
butthead being interested in purchasing the house and Beavis as the real estate agent. And there's just a point where he's like, uh, excuse me, are there any whores within this house? And he's like, oh, so many. <laughs> like, it's just like, like the, Mike Judge is just so fucking funny. I think I, I sent you guys all that like five second clip that I was like, this is horror movie night in a nutshell. And it was. I didn't watch it because I don't oh like my, Beavis as a butthead, but I so respect you. They're talking about animation and Beavis is like, hey, butthead, you brought up Pixar and it got me thinking. Dicks are, and then Butthead just looks at him and goes, "God damn it, Beavis, you've still got it." And it's like, if that's not the sense of humor of every horror movie night episode, I don't know what is. Uh, but yeah, it's I, there's usually been one or two lines per episode that have me like legitimately unable to not laugh out loud. So that's on Paramount Plus. It's worth checking out. I, I just like I watched them in the escape room, and uh, I. I, I it's hysterical <laughs> and I love it, but, and it's just, but just more on paper. Like for me, it's equally funny on paper as it is <laughs> in the practice. episode. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, if yeah, I just, just let my brain go on Beavis and Butthead in an escape room, it wouldn't have been the episode, but it would have been just like, it's, yeah. it's still funny to me. Oh yeah. The, the, yeah, for, that's, I think the first or second episode, but yes, the premise of the escape room episode is that they literally can't figure out which door they're supposed to walk into and walk into the bathroom and are like, holy crap, this escape room looks just like a real bathroom and just start wandering the bathroom trying to find clues on how to escape. And they can't push the pole door to get the fuck out. It's it's, it's great. It's great. It's but great. all right, Scott, what do, you, what do you got to take us home, baby? You know, a couple months ago when I was raving about um, Ninth House by Lee Bardugo, yep. Megan read the Shadow and Bones series and her best friend slash college roommate came to visit a week or two ago and was like, have you guys watched Shadow and Bone on Netflix? And I said, no, I have no interest in Megan. I was like, well, I'm almost done with the book series. Why not? And yeah. so we started watching it and it looks amazing. Um, it is such a cool, I love the, um, I love the, the mythology of the world. It's kind yep. of high fantasy, but like historical fiction, high fantasy, you know, it's not like wizards and dragons it's like wizards and czars it looks cool as fuck um i love the i mean it's, it's it's fun to watch but watching it with someone who just recently read the books sucks uh because they changed everything about the fucking books but um it's fun i'm really looking forward to season two coming out i'm assuming they'll truncate season uh the the second half of book two and all of book three into the second season they'll just do the two seasons um and they're also adding so the interesting thing was that so lee bardugo was the um i don't know if she was executive producer but she had a production credit of some sort with the entire series i guess there are like two companion books that go along with shadow and bone so there are five books total i didn't know anything about this neither did megan but um really the show leans very heavily on the companion series and so it's kind of like she rewrote the the storyline to, to make it a little bit more um cohesive and um you know i really like the characters from the companion series um it's just it looks great you know like when netflix gets it right they get it really right and it's real fun so um i am not going to be reading the series and so i the worst thing that i have to do is just listen to megan be like this is totally wrong and then i'm like fuck i guess that would be a lot better the way that it should have been in the book so but aside from that it's really fun to watch you can turn your brain off and especially if you haven't read the the series 
That was Curtains from 1983 or 1980 or 1984, depending on what countries you live in. Uh, We will be back next week with even more horror movie night goodness. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 